Hey everybody, welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you planned out today. Very excited. We got Jason McCarthy here. Thank you for being on here, brother. It's been, it's going to be awesome. Now, while I am excited about that, y'all should be excited as well. Like the show, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, do all that good stuff to get your uh, emails in the morning whenever we go live, which is, of course, every day. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, anything at all, by all means, put them up in the comment section. We will engage those directly, kind of like this one. Good morning, all. Good morning, Salty. Good to see you. Um, today, we are going to be going into the silent killer. But before we do that, Jason, why don't you give us a quick 10 to 15 second, who are you, where you come from, all that good stuff. Coming to you live from the Champagne Room, Go Ruck headquarters in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Uh, joined the, well, Brief brief bio is in the Army from 2003 to 2008, was in Special Forces, 10th Special Forces Group, to be more specific, and got out and started a company called Go Ruck with my wife, Emily, who you all recently had on. She was in the CIA, I was in the Army, and we were, uh, you know, looking to keep it not boring. So we've been doing that since 2008, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of mission, a lot of purpose, which is, which is great. Outstanding. It's a, uh, it, it's interesting you say that the when we had emily on here she she actually said oh you know usually people ask me to see if we can get her your her husband on and i was like yeah we don't need to talk to him till later we'll talk to you first <laughs> <laughs> and uh worked out pretty well i didn't say that. that's how Ten i said that work anyway <laughs> <laughs> right um so i do want to uh quick little hit here salty jumps back in and he says go ruck has been a major lead for change that, that i've made in myself so thank you boom there we go getting started early now when i was looking up what the silent killer is you know there's lots of different ways we can go into this before and um i didn't really know how to define it because there's so many different ways to look at it you could look at it as just depression you could look at it as mental health in general there's uh high blood pressure is listed as a silent killer but there's lots of ways to dive into it, so I want to get your guys' thoughts on it in a second, but the definition of it is a disease that has no obvious symptoms or indications, and the reason we're getting into these conversations this week was on the 19th, it was International Men's Day, and their objective is zero male suicide, which is, that's that's a that's a big goal, so we want to be able to talk about this and really discuss where we're going to go with it. So, uh, right off the bat, Jason, when, when you hear the words silent killer, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. You were kind of trying to define it. It's, um, I mean, there's kind of the medical side about, you know, this, this, you know, widow maker, those kinds of, those kinds of things. And you don't know what's going on inside of you. And then you just die. Right now. What I think more of is the silent, uh, you know, take a step back. What I think more is the silent killer of what? The body or the soul? And so when you start to say, I mean, are, are we really living our life or are we kind of just, you know, letting, letting life do its stuff to us? Because I, I see a lot of people, I see a lot of people go, you know, go to some restaurant sometime or go walk around anywhere. It's just, you know, you're just your head's down just scrolling doom scrolling on you know your phone and i don't know like looks like it's silent killing to me <laughs> that is a that's a great point sean first thoughts yeah i'm kind of in line with uh, what jason said there the idea being that uh well here in kuala lumpur i should uh be more specific uh, we spent a week in georgetown up in penang and then a week in ipo and uh, they are not so touristy as Kuala Lumpur is. And so we've only been here three days now and I've seen a whole lot of doom scrolling. I mean, more doom scrolling than I care to. And um, it is kind of soul sucking, man. Uh, what I'm seeing on, uh, um, let me give a specific. <clears throat> so there's parts of Kuala Lumpur that are extremely affluent and there's a lot of Kuala Lumpur that is not affluent. And irrespective of the socioeconomic strata that a person exists in, um, when, when someone is trying to sell you something or someone's trying to get you to do something or someone's asking something, the moment that the interaction stops, 
and it may only be a fleeting interaction, bam, they're straight back into their phone as if the world doesn't exist. And uh, that really came uh, uh, sort of clear to me this afternoon. We were down in a basement uh, uh, shopping area just looking for some uh, protein powder. And um, people are in stalls trying to sell various food items and uh, they'll briefly glance up to see if you're going to buy something and the moment that you walk by peripherally I can see them go straight back into their phone. I don't know how many sales they're making in a day but I do know they're probably turning 12 hours per day of their life in that stall that most of it is spent in their phone and I don't see and it's gonna sound almost tragic to say it I don't see a way out of a joyful life if you are trapped in the basement of a shopping mall in your phone. I mean, it's double bad almost. And, you know, if you're not getting in the mountains, if you're not getting near a river, if you're not getting fresh air, if you're not getting sunlight on your face, if you're not interacting with people in a joyous way, then it, it could be pretty soul-sucking, I think. So I think it can lead to that silent death, even if we're not talking about uh, the more tragic aspect of suicide. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, you got any thoughts on that? I'm tracking all that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just back to the same thing, right? I mean, it's like, what are we, you can be alive and still be dead. So the other stuff that's actually, you know, that actually leads to, you know, whether it's suicide or, or anything else like that is I, they're, they're interconnected. I, I think we're a long ways off of understanding the human brain perfectly, but I think the basics are, are the 90% solution and we know what to do. We just have to do it. That's the real trick, right, is uh, knowing what to do. I remember hearing a quote a little while ago that was uh, men, most men in the world leave a, live a life of quiet desperation. And that always stuck in my head just in because for many years, I actually did li li lead a life of quiet desperation. There was, you know, you just you spend your day waiting for the day to end so that you can try again tomorrow rather than utilizing the day to move forward is, is there anything that you've uh well why do you think that is why do you think for me yeah the big one for me was the fact that i didn't know where i was going so it's like an aimless i had so many options and it was i wouldn't say it was overwhelming but i had no concept of where to go at least when i was in the army it was it was i had a direction it was pretty easy you know you show up to work you do your stuff your boss tells you where to go blah blah, blah. it's a junior nco kind of uh uh, mentality. And when I got out, I really had no idea what I was going to do. And I had based most of my identity on the military. So that was one of the biggest challenges. And what I was going to ask you is that what, what have, have you seen a, have you seen that within, not so much within the Go Ruck movement, but um, with people that are just starting where they're, they're just kind of, they're not really sure or are living this quiet desperation. What do you think? I mean, I think the biggest lie in all of this is the one we tell ourselves about how life's going to sometime be perfect, whether it's tomorrow or a year from now, or it's going to be, you know, just not so messy and you know, the, the house is going to be organized and it's all going to be perfect and everything is just going to line up magically. And it, it's just not reality. I think we're all kind of trying to move forward day after day and you have to take care of the big stuff on on that long messy windy journey that that you're on and the big stuff is you know how do you spend your time how do you spend your resources and are these on things that you believe in and if too much of that is in the wrong corner then you have a problem and if but it's it's never going to be a hundred percent it's not like oh i just wake up every day and i do exactly what i want and it's all perfect i mean you know everything and everyone that you love will turn to dust it's all temporary. It's all going to be gone. And, you know, that's going to you go through years of maybe you don't lose as much. Maybe you have some years or some decades where you lose a lot. And that, that's a lot to deal with. I don't care how old you are, how wise you are, how much life you have behind you or in front of you. It's, it's hard. And so, you know, there, there's a there's a the, the scales. You've got to kind of line them up to get. The, the time that you spend on the things that you believe in to be more than the, the painful moments. Yeah, absolutely. Sean thoughts. 
I do. And so Jason just helped me uh, make the point that I'm going to try and make because uh, he just quickly, not interjected, but he quickly hit you with the, why do you think that is? And it's not too often that that occurs. It's not too often that men will um, absorb what another person is saying, rapidly formulate the correct question, and then rapidly put it right back at them like, why do you think that is? Not as a challenge, as the correct retort, as it were. And so I think for me, the silent killer is, it's not that a person is being silent, it's that they're not being asked the right questions or they're not being challenged in these moments where um, they can simply remain silent. And so when someone says, why do you think that is, as, a, uh, as an interrogatory, uh, that should lead to further conversation. That should almost end the silence. That should draw a person into the conversation. I'm going to give you an example that I experienced this afternoon uh, here in Kuala Lumpur in a, in a shopping mall. I sat down for some cheap lunch, cost me about $3.75. And uh, there was a young guy there, uh, almost 33 years old. I just started chatting with him. I looked him in the eye and said, hey, how you doing? Where are you from? And uh, right away got into the meat and potatoes with him. Uh, my wife was sitting there for a few minutes and then she bounced off to do something else, which just left him and I sitting there chatting. And I got right into it with him because I could see it in his eyes that he was in the hurt locker. He's got a two-year-old kid. He's a commercial diver. He's been diving for eight years. Just over a year ago, uh, his best friend got killed in a diving accident. Rope got wrapped around him. He got dragged down and uh, they couldn't decompress him. And uh, uh, the, the double sad part was uh, the guy that I was talking to was supposed to be on that dive and this other guy took his place. So he's dealing with all of this and he's trying to figure it out. I could see that he was super struggling. So I sat there with him for a half an hour and talked it out. And towards the end of the conversation, this is what he said to me. Hey man, I just really want to thank you because you're the first man I've talked to about any of this in my life. And I said, hang on a sec. You're almost 33 and you've never talked to another man about all of these things that you've just lined up in front of me because I've asked you all of these questions. He said, and, and the strange thing is, I don't even know you and you're a white guy. It's really weird, man. And I said, it's really awesome, bro. That's how the universe lines things up. But I think it's our job, not as strong men or as strong leaders or as any title. I just think it's our job when we see someone who is being silent, if you can see it in their eyes, then find a way to enter into a conversation easily if you can, but don't, don't, uh, don't give up on the conversation so casually because it's getting a little bit uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for him. It was uncomfortable for me. We were talking about suicide. We were talking about lots of different things. And so um, I do believe that the silent killer is partially my responsibility if I don't look a guy in the eye and say, why'd you think that is, just as Jason did. You got any thoughts on that, Jason? Yeah, man, that's, that's deep. I, I started thinking like, man, is it, is it cheap lunch, really 375 there? And then it, it, it totally morphed into a lot more than that. I mean, look, I, I think while that is a, that is a great way to kind of say that a connected society where people talk to each other the way that, you know, in our idealized minds, people used to talk to each other, you know, in the back of the plane, smoking and joking with what used to be called stewardesses, right? You know, playing cards and all this stuff as my, my grandfathers would describe it. And my grandmother was a stewardess and people just used to talk. And, you know, I mean, what I keep thinking about is fight club. I mean, you're describing fight club right? A single serving friend is oftentimes a, a much easier person to confide everything in. I, I think that that is really important. What's more important even than that is to set up kind of communities of friendship or fellowship or whatever it might be that are, that are consistent. Because guess what? This problem that surfaced over your three, 375 lunch it's going to, it's going to come back and, and who is someone willing to actually engage. And typically for me, it would be the people that I'm, that I trust that I spend time with or that I go way back with. And so, I mean, 
physical fitness or working out together or doing something, going for a run or a rock or whatever it might be. We toss sandbags in my driveway on the weekends. I mean, it's, it's, it goes back to my time in the army I and mean, that was foundational. It's, it's where kind of the barriers go away. So I think if you want to go more upstream, it's how do you break down barriers that allow people to talk in a consistent, in a consistent fashion, because keeping everything bottled up is certainly not the, the solution. Yeah. I could not agree more. The thing I wrote down here actually was uh, holding each other accountable and to a point that's what Sean was doing was holding this guy accountable to his own thoughts, to his own decisions, to his own beliefs. And I'm wondering if, do you think that being held accountable almost has a, has a negative connotation? Like you're doing something wrong. So you have to be held accountable for it versus really just accountability is at least from the discussion that, that I've picked up so far is the fact that it, it's just being held putting your own decisions in front of you and like, well, our society glamorizes the, the individual at almost all. I mean, go look at the movies, the, the, the sports, even on team sports, you know, there's the individual is, is prized, whether it's Messi or Jordan or whatever. I mean, that's what the media covers and it's a great story. It's, it's easier to, to, I guess, dream about being Jordan making that shot against the Utah jazz to win his sixth championship than it is to envision yourself, you know, for a million hours with a team of people that ebbs and flows and you have to kind of fit into all of them and and still be great within that context. And the army is not about the individual at all. And so, you know, there's just the accountability of, yeah, I mean, it works. It works to say you need to do this because it's not about you. You need to do this because it's about something bigger than you. And when you solve problems like that, what ends up happening is you solve your own problems much better. It's this weird thing where the more you focus on yourself all day long, I think a lot of people are just in their heads all day long. Me, me, me. And it gets really like, man, I've, I've been through a couple phases in life where that's what it was. And it's, it's exhausting and depressing and all of the above. And so how do you kind of get out of that is to focus less on me. <laughs> and, and that's kind of the army, which is the, are these great teams. And then you look at, you know, whether it's, let's call it Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls, great teams, right? Yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure that the journey is all that different to, to be a great, to be a great teammate. You first have to be a great individual. So there is that, but then you have to submit to the team, you know, and uh, it just all gets confused now with, with everyone's, everyone's a blogger. Everyone's got their own account. Everyone's got their opinions, which they value greatly. And, you know, those worlds are, are clashing pretty hard all over the place. And it's, it's toxic for people's brains and that's not very fun. And once you wake up every day and you got a bunch of toxicity floating around your, swimming around your brain, I should say, it's, it's it's exhausting. Exhausting is a great word for that. I like it. Sean, you got any thoughts? Well, first things first, I got to say that I'm at 60. I'm old enough to have stood up in the big bubble behind the 747 on a ward air jet, trying to hold my drink with a stewardess and not spill it on her or spill it on me <laughs> for the entire flight. So I, I yeah. totally hear what you're saying <laughs> while everyone's smoking and joking. I mean, I was right in the mix for sure. Um, I think that you're right. The uh, I was probably that guy as well, uh, two or three times, you know, where I lost sight of my way and, and I wasn't focused on the larger team around me. I was just trying to find out who I was. And I think that maybe part of life is this ebb and flow of uh, you got to figure yourself out and then you got to figure yourself out in the team and then you got to figure yourself out and then you got to figure yourself out in the team. Maybe there's a couple of iterations there where you can kind of nail it, for me anyway, where you've got to kind of nail it down and, and figure out eventually that uh, there's no point in, in uh, doing the, the loop over and over again. The, the, I don't want to be too uh, glib with it, but the higher calling or uh, just trying to be of more service uh, actually serves yourself by serving others. And 
I, I generally speaking, that's kind of why we started the collective was to try to serve our fellow man or, or focus on human betterment by having rad guests on who've got a lot more wisdom than Chance and I do and have these conversations so that uh, we gain from it, but also our guests, uh, sorry, our demographic gains for, from it uh, because we're not making any money from it. We're not selling t-shirts for it. Uh, we're just genuinely trying to volunteer our time while um, just trying to make the world around us a better place. And and I think now it's we're coming up on around 325 podcasts so far this year. And, and the evolution of just for myself, I feel like I'm a better man for it. Uh, but I, I know that uh, some of the people around me are, are have benefited from me uh, doing this. And so... I think that it doesn't have to be binary where it's all about me or it's all about the team. Just as you said, Jason, by focusing on a bigger um, group, you tend to gain from it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I have a couple comments here and then I have a question for you guys, but I just want to hit on these real quick before we keep on, before we keep going. He says, Salty jumps in, he says, I think it's along the lines of you fall to your own apathy if you don't pick a direction and build the skills and capabilities to support that greater goal, which I really like the idea of falling to your own apathy. That's a great line. Um, he carries on and says, that's what leads us to the building up of all things, the things that lead to self-isolation and loss of community, brotherhood in general. And then he carries on with, it's not just holding people accountable. It's about being able to express your trials and tasks in a way that lets people know that they're not alone. Which leads into my question is that... <clears throat> finding finding a, a team like with the military it's pretty easy right you get assigned your team <laughs> there's no you don't have to find it at all but once you leave the military or people that have never been in service finding that team is a challenge that is that's not an easy thing for a lot of people to do um and i say that in terms of i, I think it is actually it is yeah yeah how, I mean, how, how do you, you just okay so what do you like to do three things you like to do i like to do jujitsu i like to uh throw my ruck on and go for long walks and i really like to hunt okay do you do you have do you know anybody else that likes to do those things yes i do okay so how do you define a team again i would define a team as a group of people doing working towards one goal in general a, a group or two two or more whatever it might be right battle buddy you plus one is a team. It's, that's a fire team where I came from, right? You know, when, when, when you must. And so if, if you have a, a bias for inactivity, you will sit and wonder about what you could be doing with your life. If you have a bias for activity in your life, you will be doing it. If, if in that bias for activity, you call up people or you invite them, you say, hey, I like to go hunt. You want to come with me? Hey, I like, I, I like to go for a You want to, you want to, want to have a ruck and talk whatever however you want hey you like jujitsu hey you want to roll sometime i mean or you we were talking about it before this you you know you have your community that you roll with and if you want to you, you go there you say okay well these people are here i'm i'm part of this tribe this community this team whatever it might be now if you start to spend more time with some of them doing maybe some other stuff to include sitting across the you know, the table with, from them, kneecap to kneecap, talking about your lives over, I don't know, something that you're already going to do, like eat lunch or dinner or any of those things, like you've got it. It, it. This is not hard. And and the idea of selling it is hard is I just, everyone just kind of goes, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's just not hard. It's just becoming abnormal for people to invite other people to go do stuff or you know, to, and sometimes if somebody doesn't show up, it's not like someone just shot your puppy, man. I mean, sometimes people got a conflict and you say, Hey, you want to go try a different time? Well, what works, you know? And, and if you're, if you're like, so, so is it, is it hard? I mean, you know, bias for activity, bias for inactivity. If you say, Hey, I'm going to be a lot more active and I'm going to invite people to go do stuff. I'm going to show up, you know, there's, if, so if you say, okay, well, I don't know anybody to invite. Okay. So let's, let's, you can take all of this from a lot of angles. I don't know anybody to invite. Okay, cool. What do you like to do? Right. Do more of that. Now, if other people are ever involved, then, then do that with other people. And if you kind of are doing stuff, my sense is, is you're generally happier. 
your body generally feels better, your brain generally feels better. And so when you when you sort of take the take the the health pyramid, imagine the old school food pyramid and you say, okay, at the bottom is is physical health. Okay. Walking, push-ups, sit-ups, whatever you want to do, rucking, running, I don't care. Yoga, pickleball, take your pick, right? Physical health. Do enough so that you physically feel good. Top of the pyramid, mental health. Okay. Mental, emotional, spiritual health. It's all all up in that coconut that you got uh, above your shoulders. And too often we kind of isolate and say, okay, I got to focus on my mental health. Like the worst thing you can do, in my opinion, I, I saw you've got the little disclaimer at the bottom, right? About, you know, these are our opinions and go do your own research. Sure. Got it. Right. The worst thing you can do for your mental health is to sit in a room and think about your mental health all day. It's terrible. It's toxic. They're all swimming around in your, your, swimming around in your coconut full of those terrible toxins. Now, if you go out and you just do stuff, whatever you can, then all of a sudden you've got this healthier baseline. My physical health is good. Now, in the middle between, between physical health at the bottom and mental health at the top is social health. So if you start to involve and, and have this bias for activity and you do it with other people, now you're really, you're, you're leading a very fulfilling life. And I don't care what your job is or your job title or I don't care how much money you make. I don't, none of that stuff matters. The riches that you can get out of doing and leading a life like that with a bias for activity are, are immense. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, it's like listening to a smarter, younger version of what I try to say. Holy moly, that's perfectly said, and I completely agree. And uh, I think really and better looking the, too. <laughs> dude, totally better looking. I mean, look at the head on you. <laughs> I'm sure your wife would agree. So um, I, I think that uh, the real crux of the matter is, as Jason stated, and it can't be overstated, it is the lack of action and it is the overthought. Spending days thinking about doing instead of just simply doing. And uh, I think that's where, you know, people lose their way is too much in their head and not enough in their running shoes or too much in their head and not enough time on a yoga mat too much in their head and not enough time kicking a can down the street it doesn't matter what you're doing you've just got to do rather than think about do and so jason i'm curious uh, and and again to the to your other point it's super duper easy to find a team i mean it's it's so easy, it's embarrassingly easy. So we don't even have to touch on that point. But now I'm curious, do you have any, do you have any wisdom or any pro tips or any you know, three bullet points or whatever the case is that you like to spit out for people who are all up in their melons and not enough in their running shoes? Oh, uh, one, two, three life hacks, huh? Uh, ah, well, that, I'm... You know, you know, you do your thing, no, but uh, it doesn't have to be life hacks yeah, for sure. No, I mean, it's just the more, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll kind of flank this, flank this question a little bit. So if somebody is not in a good, in a good place, right. And imagine a world where just hypothetically speaking, they come to you and they're like, Hey, I'm not in a good place. What should I do? Well, a hundred times out of a hundred, if you, I'll, I'll pick rucking because I, I know it well and I do it often. If, if we say, okay, so don't feel good. Okay, let's, let's measure that. Just take, take thing on a one is what one is good. 10 is bad. I'm a eight, let's say. And, I, and, and, and then you say, okay, so how about this? Put 30 pounds on your back and I'll see you in an hour. I don't care how fast you walk. I don't care where you go. Just go outside and put some weight on your back and come back in an hour. And you come back and it's like, okay, I'm a seven. It's like, okay, well, let's do it again, right? And you, if, if you do it again or you do some push-ups or whatever, I mean, you know, I'm reluctant to just sit and say, look, push-ups are the answer. Rucking is the answer. What, what, what it does build to, though, is you will sleep better that night. And a lot of times when you're, when you're inside of your own head, the hardest thing to do is to sleep. And the best way to – the best medicine for sleep is exhaustion. And so if you can get yourself to exhaustion to where you sleep well at night, you will actually rest your brain. You will rest your, this head that you're spending all this time worried about, right? 
you will actually rest it and you will wake up and you will feel better if you treat it with exhaustion at night and you sleep. So the day cycle is, this is not something that you can solve immediately, you know, because it's not like, oh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and everything's going to be perfect. It's more an incremental thing. If you want to gain weight and get stronger, great. It's going to take a little bit. If you need to lose weight and get skinnier, but don't get, don't get weaker, right? Then, you know, that's going to take a little bit of time. You got to cut yourself some grace in that process. So there's a very nuanced part of this, but ultimately I think a lot about, I think a lot about sleep and I think a little bit less about activity on its own. I, I think you could make the counter argument as well, that you could focus on just activity, but if I don't sleep well, I don't feel well the next day. And then I'm, I don't behave as well as I would like, I guess, or I don't think as well as I would like, or I'm not as kind to others. And, you know, you see this in all sorts of army training. You see this in your daily life. You see this all over the place. If you don't sleep well or you don't rest enough, you don't, you don't act like you like the best version of yourself. So start with something, start with one of those, get to exhaustion. And if you keep doing that for a period of time, you will sleep better. Or you focus on sleep and you say, I, I need to, you know, get to a point where I'm sleeping better. Either way, you're going to kind of end up in the same universe. It's just where do you want to focus? And, and so, you know, I, I don't drink it's small stuff. You want your life hacks. Like I, I don't, I don't drink caffeine after morning coffee, basically ever. Um, you know, alcohol is kind of a big one, right? I, I, you know, if, if I drink too much or too late in the day, it's, it's bad, right? I, I don't sleep as well. Now I have some weird gene. I'm kind of, I can process it better than some, right? It's not a, it's not a negative debilitating thing. It, it probably has been at, at a period when I was transitioning out of the army because you're just like swimming in your own head. You know, there you are bottle of whiskey and a dog and a, and a bad country song is, is, is your like theme song. You're waking up to that every day and it gets sadder every day. And that's, that's not a good place to be. And what, what helped fix me was I had a dog that needed to go out <laughs> and, you know, then he needed more exercise. He would literally bark at me like, Hey, no, 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 we're not, we're, we're not done here. We need to go a little bit more. And, and that was very therapeutic. So, you know, your, your, your fire team can even be just you plus a dog. It is, not hard. Mm, I really like this a lot. This is I, I like we're rolling with this. And I have a question on that. Is that is there a point where you could say to, not not use too much activity, but because I don't think that really exists. But do you think that you could proxy some larger issues through activity that could end up being negative? Like if you were struggling with, um really any of the mental health disorders I've been talking like depression, anxiety, all these things. Do you think that there is a point where you would be not dealing with your issues by? Okay. Proxy, yeah. You know so I, mean? I think that's a, I think that's a fringe case though. Right. And so what I don't want to do is give some out to somebody who's listening to this. It's like, Oh, this could be bad. So I don't want to do anything. It's kind of like anything you do anymore. There's some asshole out there. It's like, Oh, that could be really bad for, for this. Like, if you, if you walk too much, it could be really bad for your knees. Like, come on, man. You know, like it's just so out of context. So that said, I understand the spirit of your question, I think, which will say you, you get all these people that are like, oh, you got to do all this hard stuff. Right. And, and so what people that are prone to doing hard things do is they sit and say, yeah, I need to train for my next 50 miler. And then when you do your 50 miler, like, well, that's not enough. I got to do a 75 miler. And then that's not enough. I got to do a hundred miler. And then it's like, I'm just going to walk the earth, you know, and, and like cane and Kung Fu. And, and so what, the question becomes that stops being hard at a certain point. What, what's actually hard? Just because the world says that doing a 50 miler is hard doesn't mean that it's actually hard for you. Like what's, what's going to add the most value to your life? And what I found is that a lot of times we can replace having a hard conversation with some faux hard goal when what we really need to do is tell the person that we love, that we love them and that this is where I am in life. And, and then we need to ask them how they're doing and we need to have a real conversation. Sometimes that's really hard. I'm, I'm guilty as charged officer, you know? And so I think step one is to just kind of 
view it like that as I, I know I'm good at doing these kinds of hard things. And I know I'm not as good at doing these kinds of hard things because man, on, on my team, I mean, feelings come in many forms, five, five, six, nine mil, 50 cal, you know, they come in the form of running and rucking <laughs> and how much you can bench and deadlift and squat. Those are called feelings on a special forces team. And I'm, I'm okay at those, you know, feelings as, as a manifestation of how you actually feel. Now that those are, those are aliens. And I, I, I'm still getting acquainted with, 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 with a lot of those. And so everyone's got their, everyone's got their things that they're good at. And, and, you know, I think that we can celebrate people who, who find what they're good at and then like learn from things that other people are good at and take some of those back with us. Like, you know, you guys had Emily on, she's the the greatest guest you've ever had. I'm, I'm positive of that. And she, she makes me a better person because she pushes me in a lot of the ways that, that I'm, I'm not good at. And that's a, that's a gift. And so you have this, this kind of, if you want to be part of this team, right. The, the, the marriage team. And I do, then, you know, that requires some elements that are, are not learned on a special forces team. <laughs> so we're all back to, you know, the, the, we're all back to the fundamentals of what we need to do to have the most enriched and, and rewarding life. And there's no textbook for it. There's no perfect blueprint for it. You have to kind of learn as you go and you have to find great people and spend time with them. And, and then it's a, it's a give take. You're trying to tell me there's no one size fits all thing that we can just give the answer to the universe to people. Come on now. No, but there are lots of things you can baseline a enormous percentage of how to lead a healthy and rewarding life. And, you know, it's what kind of, what do you like to do? Do more of that, you know, be physically active, you know, find other people that like to do what you like to do and, and do more of that with them. Spend spend time with people that you love and ask them how they're doing and, and, and share how you're doing as well, which sometimes it's easy for people to ask and it's hard to share. Sometimes it's the, the converse, you know, I mean, everybody's a little, everybody's a little different, but ultimately on your deathbed, if you're, if that's the way that you go out, you're going to think about, you know, the people that you loved and the time that you spent with them. You're not going to think about, I don't know, whatever the, the minor stressors are, or the job title, or, you know, this much money versus this much money. It's, it's, not something that's going to really matter. So how you spend your time now and your money now, if, if you will, your resources now, um, you're, you're making a down payment in, in the life that you want. And, and if you do it correctly, you're, you're enjoying it along the way as well. Absolutely. Sean, come back to you. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with Jason, man, like 100% with Jason. And I think that, uh, you know, to make my point, that's how I ended up doing 30, 24-hour solo mountain bike races, which is redonkulous. It's not that common. But eventually, you get used to it, and then you start pursuing higher goals, which is I wanted to be a world champion, which I checked off the box, and then you just keep going. The, the abnormal becomes normal, and then my job is to keep pursuing the abnormal. That's the way I've run my life. That's what makes me happy. And also to Jason's point, like when I was in Tier 1, um, I was taught to do a bunch of things, but what I wasn't taught to do was sit around the campfire and sing Kumbaya and hold hands. It's just not what I was taught. It's, and it's, it's, it's more lethal to me than, uh, you know, ducking bullets. So I think that my wife is probably uh, a little bit of a savior of mine in the sense of all the stuff that I'm not good at, she's really good at. And she kind of squares me up in the areas that I'm uh, uh, not as strong at. And so she kind of props me up in all of these, you know, matters of sensitivity, which I've never been particularly good at, but I'm trying to get better at. And so I've learned more from her than she's learned from me. And, uh, and I think that's, uh, to, to Jason's point, that's key. It doesn't matter what you choose in life. It doesn't matter what you're good at. Go start doing that and also do some of the things that you're really crappy at. And uh, if, you can't, if you can't do it by yourself, then go find a partner or go find a team, a, a ruck buddy, whatever the case is, get involved with someone who can fill the gaps that you suck at. Because everyone's got something that they're going to be good at and everyone's got something that they're like lame at. 
So figure it out and, and hook up with someone who can uh, prop you up a little bit. Yeah, I uh, now I have uh, just a quick question on this is that you mentioned earlier, Jason, the, uh, you know, you do think you do hard things and then you look for that next hard thing and that, that, that next hard thing. And that can become a bit of a, mm, uh, depending on what is hard. Uh, Sean called me out on this a little while ago was I was, I'd been doing jujitsu for five, six years at that point and, uh, or four or five years anyway. Uh, and he was like, I was like, yeah, I do hard things. I go to jujitsu regularly. I put myself in that position. It's not great. And he's like, but you've been doing it for years. So it's not hard anymore, right? You that's it, it's your that's your norm. So where do we I guess how do we get people to realize that that is a norm? If they do I don't know, that routine as it might be a norm, but I think there's there's it's it's great to dedicate yourself to something and and truly push towards a mastery of that. It's it's just I, I think to kind of bridge that is it's also good to find humility. I think you find a lot of humility on the jujitsu mat, no matter where you are. It's about who you're who you're rolling with. And so you can also get that from trying new things. And, you know, it's like Emily just she started surfing a few years ago and started from not knowing how to surf at all. And it's it's been really inspiring to watch her. I mean, she's a really, really good athlete growing up. She's good at everything. And, and uh, you know, but to start from I can't stand up on a surfboard to now she's doing great, it's, there, that's, a, that's a lot of journey that you have to go through. So, look, I, you know, I think it's important to, to maintain humility. And I think that no matter who you are, if you surround yourself with people that, that don't keep you in check, it will go off the rails. So you have to have something or some community or some way of, of staying humble. Like I suck at this. You have to remind yourself you, you have to, it, there's something that's good about that. Now, if you're struggling in life, don't go, don't go find more humility, right? <laughs> go find some activity, the baseline something. So it's, it's kind of about where you, where you are in life. And, Maybe it would be fun for you to, uh, to, to kind of try something new or, I mean, and, and other times in life, it's like you, you have to dedicate yourself to, to what you're doing. I mean, right now in, in my life is I got a family and I got a, a full-time job and then some, and, and I, I don't say yes to many things outside of that. You know, it gets, it's just running through this, you know, the exploration of go try this and go, you know this new thing, then I, it's, it's going to take all this time. I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm more focused and concentrated on those two things in, in my life. And so, but there are some other things that I would like to do, you know, down the line, like I'm not going to open a woodworking shop or something in my garage because I'm really bad at that, but maybe I'll learn it. <laughs> Who knows? Right. But it would be fun to, to, to do that. And right now the timing's bad for me. So it's kind of, we can all cut ourselves a little bit of grace in that process too. I think the bigger thing to, to come back to your, you know, your example about, well, you're used to that is, is it still serving the value that you need out of, out of your life? Is it, are you still in, in some, are you enjoying the, the journey? Is it, or enjoyment can be the wrong word. Is it a rewarding path that you're on? And if not, then, you know, you can kind of lead a, a self-examined life and, and try to figure out why not or try to find some different different or additional inputs into your life in, in the form of other people or other stimuli or, or whatever it might be. And there's no, no harm in that. I really like the word rewarding. That, that's a great word for it. Sean, you got any thoughts? Yeah, just for the record, I think I said go find something that makes you uncomfortable, like tie on a new white belt in a new yes, you're thing, right. and let's let's call it woodworking. To Jason's point, or let's let's call it starting a live chat podcast every single day of the year, uh, something that like is super duper uncomfortable that you're you're not only facing some adversity, but you're learning more and about yourself internally and the larger world wrapped around you. So. It's less about, you know, whether you can smash on the BJJ mats or not. Uh, it, I've been smashing for eight years and I'm reasonably comfortable. But, 
you know, I need to tie white belts on in some things every once in a while that make me feel like I need to grow into a different version of myself. Not like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but, you know, just challenge myself with a new uh, trajectory that makes me feel uncomfortable. I, uh, I, I, I'm actually, Jason, you got any other thoughts on that? Cause I, I want to come back to a point that you made a little bit earlier, but just go ahead. Give you a chance. Okay. So, um, I like the, uh, the idea you were talking about, uh, sleep being, you know, like a cornerstone. And if you are having trouble sleeping activity is a great thing. And, uh, it brought to mind the concept of, um, forced rest and, um, creating a, a position in your life that you are required to rest, like physically rest. And I mean, we all know what forced rest is, but for those that don't, it within the military, there are points in time where you have to get people to sleep. <laughs> you can't, uh, or not just sleep, but actually like rest for a period of time prior to a, uh, to an operation or prior to going outside the wire, doing whatever. Um, and I'm wondering, do you think that that's something that should be applied into, uh, everyday life like you you know work hard do activity but then give yourself a period of force stress like put the phone down um rack out when at a particular time so that it is a uh, a period that is just for you what do you think i, I mean i think i missed that class in the, in the army there was sort of a bravado around how little sleep you you got and how how little sleep you needed in order to still function. And I think it's exhaustion was the only thing that any ever got it. I mean, sure. There was different sleep cycles when we were deployed and, and all of that stuff. I mean, it's, it's baked in, but there's a lot of stimulants, call it caffeine or call it dip or call it whatever it might be to kind of keep your, you're up and then you're down and you're up and you're down, you know, you have radio watch. It's however many hours overnight. I remember just, we had a small little gym down there and you know, radio watching all, all I'm doing is just, you know, pumping iron, getting jacked and stuff. Right. And, you know, you've got, you know, protein powder all over the place. Anyway, I could digress into that, that type of thing. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like the idea of forced anything to my ears. Anyway, I hear that. I'm like, Ooh, that doesn't, don't, you don't tell me what to do, you know, sort of turning into that mode. I, I, I just go back to exhaustion is the best medicine. And if you have that, it'll kind of take care of itself over the long haul. Now, day one is this, day two is this. It can ebb and flow with anything, but exhaustion is, is sort of the best, is the best for me. And yes, if you could come in and you could say, okay, so from this time to this time, you need to you know, shut your phone off and you need to sit and meditate in a cold, dark room and, and, and then you need to journal and then you need to do all this stuff. It just, it, it can turn a bit too prescriptive or you need to work on your breath stuff. By the way, all this stuff I find super interesting. So all the, the woo-woo stuff, I think it's, there's a piece of that that I, I really enjoy kind of exploring. I don't I didn't grow up around it and I haven't, you know, turned it into my, I don't have a 97 step morning or anything. And it's it's kind of just <laughs> try to get the big stuff right and work around it. I like it. I like that. Sean, thoughts? Precisely how I feel. That is exactly how I feel. Don't ever tell me what I'm supposed to do and don't ever tell me what I can't do because I'll do quite the opposite. And so if someone uh, puts force rest on me, forget about it. I'm going to double down. But that's the way I am because I know myself that's the way I am and I'm good with that. But not everyone's like me. Not everyone's like Jason. There's a bunch of us that are like this, but there's a whole pile of other people that aren't. And so I'm just going to use a great example, a realistic example from today. <clears throat> I'm not sure my wife will be too keen to uh, that I'll, I'll be throwing this out. But the hotel that we're staying in, uh, she put her yogurt in the fridge. Uh, overnight and then had some yogurt before she went for a morning run uh, this morning and she's got a little bit of GI tract challenge right now because the fridge was too warm and so uh, she's she's kind of been sitting on the toilet a, a fair bit today uh, clearing out her gut and uh, and we've been going pretty hard here in Malaysia for the last two weeks hot humid she's been running a lot uh, getting ready for the Singapore marathon coming up here on December 3rd and so um, 
she said, hey, you know, how do you feel about going to see a movie? You can just chillax, let the central nervous system relax a little bit and uh, cool and watch a movie and, and just relax. And I said, okay, yeah, let's do that. And it was freaking Hunger Games, man. The new Hunger Games, uh, I don't know, Hunger Games, uh, Snakes and Birds or whatever. I forget the name of the title of the movie. Not my cup of tea at all. And, you know, as I was sitting there watching, I was like, God, I just want out of here. This is dumb. Uh, but while I was sitting there, I was like, okay, well, just, I got to get a grip on this. And I, I, this is, I'd rather do knuckle push-ups all day long than watch that movie. But that's probably the best thing for me, man. It's like tying on a white belt of adversity that I don't want to sit through. It's super uncomfortable. I'd rather be doing a boatload of other things. But, you know, my wife's a tiny bit in the hurt locker, so I'm absolutely going to support her. But that movie is probably what I needed to do to just, not grip my teeth through it, but just kind of, you know, get right with the moment and figure it out and, and tr try to enjoy it as it were. So I don't like anyone yeah, telling me to do things. <laughs> I don't even want to say, but, <clears throat> you know, I think the, 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 the reality is we just, you know, we got to figure these kind of things out so that, you know, every time a challenge comes up, you got to face it head on and, and uh, I like to like smash the problems. I don't like to kick it back and watch uh, Game of Thrones 97 times. So uh, life is too short to waste on <clears throat> kind of worthless movies like that. But, you know, there's a time and place for it. And, and you know, when, you, when you're doing a thing that you don't want to do, you got to find a way to do it and, and kind of try to enjoy it. So, uh, you know, for what it's so, worth. So that's, uh, first off, don't eat yogurt before a run. Second off, Bam. The, the right time and place for anything like that is when your wife tells you that that's what you're doing. Those, 100%. those are the two, those are the two there it is. from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure that the fridge is plugged in when you put the yogurt in, you know? <laughs> this is, uh, you know, I got a couple comments here that I want to touch on. Very similar. Uh, Winterstorm says, Blade morning. Good to see you, buddy. And then Salty jumps in and says, it's a balance, not a time or location. I think this is key. Uh, and he says, anchor yourself in the actions but allow for flow to get them in. And this is, again, critical, I think, in my mind, is that, as you said earlier, Jason, if you let things get dogmatic, then it becomes a bit of an issue. Whereas, you know, if you, if you ruck every day at a particular time, no matter what happens, that is a good thing, you know, built consistency, but there's a point where you need to kind of let that go and let it flow a bit so that you can maybe do in the morning, maybe do in the evening, maybe do in the afternoon, but you're still getting it in. Do you think that's an important concept is to be able to allow? I think it's for... about the totality of, of your, how do you, how you dealing with life? I mean, I, I don't want to talk people out of going to the same CrossFit class every day at the same time. Some people need structure and routine and that's fine. I mean, PT for us started at a specific time in the army and it helped every single person that did it sleep better that night. And so, yeah, there's a fluidity to it. And that's, that's fine. I mean, you know, if this were not a live recording and we were just chatting, I'd probably have 45 pounds on my back. I'd be walking around the neighborhood, you know, and that, that works for me. And I get that in I, when I can, that's kind of different than I'm not looking for a lot of personal growth out of 45 pounds on my back outside taking phone calls, I'm looking for a baseline of physical health and activity that's going to help me have a, uh, I will sleep better. If I sleep better, I'll have a better, I'll feel better tomorrow. And I will, I will be a kinder, better version of myself than if I stay up all night, you know, pretend like I can eat nails and, and just keep going. So growth happens on the fringes, but we still need to baseline that health pyramid with, with physical activity. We're, we're animals. And Animals need exercise. We know this about kids. We know this about dogs, and we forget it about ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, you got any uh, points to add on that? Nope. I've got absolutely nothing to add to that. That's 100% legit. Right on. Well, I, uh, I don't have a whole lot of other questions here. I just really I do appreciate the conversation. It has been really fantastic. We're actually almost in time here, too, so that, that was surprising. That hour went by fast. <laughs> um, I have a, just a quick... Are there any any final thoughts on anything at all that we've gone over so far um, on dealing with, I guess, the, the silent killer of quiet desperation? Jason, anything still bubbling up in the back of your brain? Do more, think less. Invite people along for the journey. Bam. 
brevity. I like it. Sean, any final thoughts? Times two. There we go. Doubling down on the brevity. I like it. Well, uh, again, I really do appreciate the conversation. This has been awesome. I think that uh, I know for myself, the one thing I picked up out of this is that I need to get out more. And I'm going to start today. So it's going to be great. So I hope for everybody that's So what watching, are you going to do today? I'm going to go. <laughs> ah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Hold me accountable. I'm going to go for a walk today. I got a broken toe, but I'm going to go for a long walk and see how far i don't even know how far i'm gonna go but i'm just gonna get out there and start walking. How, how long like what would be the minimum amount of time or distance that you would go on your long walk for i would say at least an hour okay that's that's good outside oh yeah okay yeah. good how many times this week do you think you'll do that well right now i'm gonna do it today and tomorrow i'm gonna see what happens okay take it day day by day huh yeah well <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, dude. You're making yeah. my life so good right now. You're making my life so easy right now. This is literally what I do with Chance every week, dude. You are the man. This is awesome. Yeah. I, I'm a day to day kind of dude right now, but uh, the how many my... push ups can you do in two minutes? In two minutes, I haven't even tried in a while, but I would say not Dude, many jason come back for all things good in the world come back again please <laughs> yeah this, this is great i love it the uh i'm uh i'm thinking thinking about it in two minutes i don't know i'd probably be around 50 50 or 60 probably not not much maybe 90 or 100 but until you do it you'll never know bam dude you've got to right? come back this is killer. <laughs> I got to separate. I, gotta I, got, separate I, got, I know this playbook, man. We Dude, all day long. I, this is my playbook as well. All day long. I love it. I got I got lots of excuses, but that doesn't stop me from doing the things that I, I really want to do. And I'm still doing jujitsu. I'm still being active. I'm still keeping my kids moving around. Uh, I just don't have uh, the the extra stuff. I don't have the, I don't have a direction on it. So I just do it when I, when I, want to or when i don't want yeah, to yeah so the 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 best thing you could do honestly cuz i i you know dirty little secret i don't actually like i love to put weight on my back or to hike or to walk or to explore cities or bike around cities or whatever the case may be i just love that type of movement and activity i don't enjoy time in a gym i don't enjoy lifting weights i don't enjoy any of that but i work out of my driveways on the weekends because everybody shows up and you know it's like 30 pounds of or sorry, 30 minutes of, of uh, pushing sandbags around. And, and then, you know, at the end of it, we drink a couple of beers and talk about our lives. It's great, right? Sometimes it's an hour, sometimes, and we do that Saturday and Sunday. Occasionally, other stuff will pop up. But you need a battle buddy, man. So all, this, all these questions you're asking, like you need to kind of put it, into, put it into action. And, you know, all these other things that you got in your life. I mean, I, people always lead with this idea because I get it a lot. It's like, oh, you must be so busy. And I don't know. I feel like that is about the laziest thing that anybody could say to any other person, right? Because if they say, yeah, I'm so busy, right? Like, is that supposed to make me think that that's a good thing or a bad thing? Because I, I, don't, I don't view my life in terms of, oh, I'm so busy, right? Imagine when you start to walk around with that in your head, like, I'm so busy. Well, then you have kids and your kids start to pick up on that. You're like, man, my dad, he's really busy. Right. And then, then they're 25 and they're in therapy and they're like, man, my dad was just always really busy, you know? And so you, you get into this world of you can make the time for whatever you want to make the time for. If you don't like to do it, but you know, it's, it's good. Jiu-jitsu is a great thing, man. And um, it's, it's awesome that you're rolling. If there's another way to, to do stuff with other people that that's fun too, right? If it's go for a walk and go for a walk or bike outside. I mean, the only downside really to jujitsu is it's, it's indoors. So you would love to see something outside that's kind of baked into a calendar, which I'm obviously slave slave to since Emily is <laughs> like, Oh, how did that all like, Emily just put on my calendar. Like that's the easiest way to get me to show up to something. Right. right? And you can be right or you can be married and I choose to be married. So of course she has full access to my calendar to, to do with as she, as she sees fit, you know? Um, but it's like, put something to where you, you just got a, a buddy and if they have to miss a week, that's okay. If, if, if you have to miss a week, that's okay. But it's kind of, 
there and you're, you enjoy the time with that person and you happen to be doing, you fill in the blank. That's, that's the, the fun part. It doesn't really matter what you're doing, but you can do something that is, is accessible and fun for both of you. Absolutely. Well, I, uh, can't thank you enough for the Dude, conversation. This has been legendary, awesome. right? Freaking legendary. Yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> the, the, uh... Enjoy your hour long walk today, and, and you know, take and tomorrow, you know, tomorrow, and, <laughs> and you know, the, you know what? The, the you bring this up. It's a great point. Is that for many years I thought that being busy was like a, it was a requirement. Like you just had to stay busy doing stuff, and so I would fill my time being busy versus utilizing my time to be moving rather than just being busy for the sake of being busy. And I used to get uh, a number of people would tell me, why are you so busy all the time? And I'd just be like, well, I, I have lots to do. But you probably viewed that as some type of validation of the badge that you were carrying around on, oh, your, on your chest, right? Like, yes, I'm busy. I'm strong. You're not busy. You're weak. Yeah. You know, <laughs> BS, BS like that. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. To try to be more intentional with your time is, is, um, that's a that's a mark of some wisdom that I think is is a worthwhile endeavor to to examine in all of our lives. Absolutely, it is something that we should all strive to learn. It's, I think it's something we should all build upon every day, and then you can continue to grow as a human being every day. And you can do that with us. You're on the collective. We'll see you all tomorrow. Gmail. Freaking legendary. <laughs>